Welcome back to another great Friday episode on the After Dark Coast to Coast Killers podcast. If you haven't checked out our latest episode, we go to Germany and try to find a woman whose DNA is connected to 40 crimes, but this woman has never been found. If that interests you, check out our two trailers that are for our upcoming May series. The first one is the Postmortem Files. That series will be releasing May 19th, and we kick off with Bonnie and Clyde. But we pretty much talk about the life before a figure's death, and well, led up to their death, it's a cover-up conspiracy. What happened? We look at their autopsy. We look at post-mortem files and all of that stuff. We even go from Bonnie and Clyde to Kaylee Anthony and Sarah and Jennifer Hart and so many more people. And if you want to know how truck drivers get away with murder and become serial killers go check out our trailer for coast to coast long haul killers and that whole series we talk about and discuss and go into detail on why truck drivers are the perfect ideal serial killer why it makes it so easy to get away with murder and what serial killers have been truck drivers like Edward Surratt and Clark Perry Baldwin and so many more so go check out those trailers but without further ado we are going back to the United States to talk about the redhead murders viewers discretion is advised this could turn dark really quick for people so that's a warning these murders have been unsolved. They're unsolved homicides that has occurred in the United States, specifically with redhead females between October 1978 and 1992. They are also believed to be um, committed by an unidentified male serial killer. The murders believed to be related have occurred in the States, including Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. The murders may have continued until 1992, so keep that in mind, just because it's between 1978 and 1992. It's estimated, though, that even if the murders is stopped, they have a possibility of going to 1992. The victims many remaining unidentified for years were usually women with reddish hair whose bodies were abandoned along major highways in the United States. Officials believe that the women were likely hitchhiking or may have engaged in sex work. Now keep this in mind when we talk about highways and prostitutes. The two major things that do occur is people are prostitutes, male and female. Mainly females, if you have been listening since the beginning, are have been prostitutes, some males. Um, but the other 
key point is the highway. When you have a highway and prostitutes, there's a possibility that the serial killer is a drug driver. And we'll talk about why that's even possible. And we do have an update, by the way, with the suspect being possibly connected to these murders and so on and so forth. Anyhow, um, authorities are unsure how many people were responsible. And keep in mind, with this update that I will bring forward later, this is just all past tense. Um, but if they were all performed by the same perpetrators or perpetrator, and how many victims there have been. It is believed that there have been a total of 6 to 11 victims. Of the presumed victims, 4 were identified by November 2018. The suspect was informally called the Bible Belt Strangler in 2018 because of the territory where the bodies were found. So that's a little backdrop right there. We are going to actually start off with the actual victims. Then we're going to go talk about the suspected victims with the investigation brought forward and that update. And is it actually unsolved? No. Stay tuned for all of that. Okay, let's go to Lisa Nichols for the first victim. On September 16th, 1984, the body of a woman later identified as 28-year-old Lisa Nichols, who also used the last name of Jarvis, was found along Interstate 40 near West Memphis, Arkansas. She was wearing only a sweater. She was found to have been a resident of West Virginia. Authorities were not able to identify contacted family members for some time, indicating that Nichols were estranged from them. This is another thing to point out. Typically, sex workers are dis disassociated from a lot of their family. They contact them and disappear. And in these cases, they just disappear forever. Unfortunately, that's just how it works. She was actually not identified until June 1985, nine months after she was strangled. And the way that she was identified was through fingerprints. Nicole's has reasonable belief to be part of these redhead murders. And obviously, as we go forward, the most common thing and obviously the most notable thing is that she has red hair, like all the other victims. Um, it, whether it's reddish, strawberry, blonde, whatever it is, and being found along the highway. She was identified by a couple from Florida who had allowed her to stay with them for a period of time. Nichols may have been murdered after leaving a truck stop along the highway and may have attempted to hitchhike. The second victim is Tina Farmer. On January 1st, 1985, the bound body of a woman 
was found near Jellicoe, Tennessee, Campbell County, down an embankment off the southbound side of Interstate 75. The remains were in an advanced state of decomposition, as she was approximately 72 hours before. Once again, just like with the first victim, she was killed by strangulation. She was Caucasian and had shoulder-length curly red hair. Her age was estimated to be between 17 and 25, but as old as 30. The victim was found clothed in a tan pullover, a shirt, and jeans. Additionally, she had been wrapped in a blanket, which was later to have to be found, I should say, to have seminal fluid on it. She had green eyes, freckles all over her body, and various scars, including a burn mark on one arm. When she had, when she died, she was 10 to 12 weeks pregnant, and on her partial upper side of her teeth, um, she had a partial upper denture holding two false teeth. It is believed that she was between 5 feet 1 and 5 feet 4 inches when she died. On September 6, 2018, let's jump ahead, the Shelby County Sheriff's Office announced that Tina Marie McKinney Farmer of Indiana has been identified. Once again, she was 21, 22 at the time of her death. She is said to be, or she was said to be, I should say, not is. She was said to be accompanied by um, a truck driver, like I said. This is really common, definitely when there's highways and prostitutes. It's always the truck driver involved, for the most part. Um, let's see. Farmer had one daughter prior to disappearing, as she was reported missing by her family at the time. Yet, authorities in Indiana did not enter her into national databases. At the time, the state did not have a law coming to many other states requiring law enforcement to enter unidentified victims into a database. Now let's jump almost a year or so, 2019, we're still on Tina Farmer. DNA evidence identified convicted kidnapper Jerry Lee on Johns as the man that killed Tina. And in 2015, Johns died in prison. He was previously convicted in 1987 of aggravated kidnapping assault, and other crimes in an attack on a woman. There was another person named Linda that he had also picked up in Knox County, Tennessee. Two months after Farmer's disappearance and death, Shaq survived the attack after she was found, strangled, and dumped along I-40. Her testimony assisted in putting Johns behind bars. Like Farmer, Shaq had been choked with a piece of cloth ripped from her t-shirt, 
bound and left for dead. Side a storm drain under I-40 near Watt Road. And like the other victims, Linda also had red hair. These two victims are not identified. One's from Campbell County, Tennessee, and the other one is from Cheatham County, also in Tennessee. So let's go with Campbell County first. On April 3rd, 1985, the skeletonized partial remains of a young girl were discovered about 200 yards off Bakewell Gap Road, four miles southwest of Jellicoe, Tennessee at Campbell County near a strip mine. She was believed to have been dead between one and four years. Her age was estimated between nine and 15. She was found by a passerby. The cause of this death is still undetermined at this time, which does not rule out homicide. 32 bones, including her skull, were recovered from the scene. Her skull was complete enough to permit a facial reconstruction attempt, a necklace, and a bracelet made of plastic buttons were found nearby, as well as a pair of size 5 boots and a few scraps of clothing. These items may or may have not belonged to her. Her hair and eye color are unknown. Her age range is, like I said, early 9 to 15. Um, but due to circumstances, like I said, similarities and knots in the cloth, not in the material, and that's the only thing that actually does really connect them, I should say. Um, it's not obviously specific if she had red hair, but that's the main thing that does connect them uh, to Tina and the other victim. Recent forensic analysts of the victim's remains indicated she was not native to the area where she was discovered. The test shown she was likely born in Florida or Central Texas and had later lived in Midwest Rocky Mountain states, the Southwest or the Pacific Coast. The other victim once again, Cheatham County, March 31st, 1985, a skeletonized body of a, hair, a red-haired female was found in Pleasant View, Chatham County, Tennessee. She was believed to have died between three and five months previously due to an unknown cause. However, her case is possibly linked to the redhead murders because her remains were found at the side of Interstate 24 between mile markers 29 and 30. Unlike some of the other victims, she was wearing clothing, a shirt, sweater, pants and underwear. She was white between 5 feet and 5 feet 2 inches. Her weight could not, could not be determined and an examination of her teeth showed that the victim had some evidence of crowding and overlapping in her mouth. She was believed to be the ages of 31 and 40 at the time of her death. Next victim is Epsi Pilgrim on April 1st 1985, the body of a woman was found in a large admiral refrigerator in Grey Knox County, Kentucky, alongside Route 25. She was suffocated 
and the victim had been dead for a few days was nude except for two distinct necklaces or necklace pendants one of a heart and the other of a gold colored eagle and two pairs of socks one white and the other one white with green and yellow stripes there were reports that the victim may have been solicitating a ride to North Carolina over CB radio. 500 people attended the Jane Doe's victim's funeral, which was televised. The case with the local sensation grew as the town was a quiet and sleepy place where little out of the ordinary usually happened. The refrigerator had a decal of the word Superwoman on the front. Distinguishing features of the body included a number of moles on the right side of her neck, near one ankle and below each breast, a yellow stain upper incisor, a scar, and other markers on her abdomen. Sorry about that, indicating that she had been or she had born a child. Her eyes were light brown and hair was red and nearly a foot long, which fit the pattern of the redhead murders. Um, she was discovered to be between or be the ages between 24 and 35. It is possible that she also owned a pair of boots found near the refrigerators, and several missing persons have been eliminated as possible matches for the victim. After 2013, when the case was publicized, um, the police received some tips, but it is unknown at the time of the article if they had any solid leads. Then, on October 1st, 2018, the Knox County Sheriff's Office announced this woman had been positively identified as Epsi, reaching the Black Pilgrim of Western North Carolina. A DNA match was made between her and her grown daughter, who said her mother disappeared when the girl was six weeks old, and Pilgrim also had four older children. Now, before we move to the suspected victims, we have, like I said, similarities, the red hair, these all women, including the child, that these people disappeared from the Bible Belt, were find, found in the Bible Belt area, and despite how they were found, the one thing that seemed the common thing, at least between the top three victims, was there was a knot in the clothing. Um, at least the top two or three died of strangulation. The others died of whether it was strangulation, torture, it actually hasn't entirely said what it was. So let's go to the first suspected victims, Wetzel County, West Virginia. On February 13th, 1983, the naked body of a white female was found alongside Route 250 near Tongue in Wetzel County, West Virginia. A pair of senior citizens reported the body, which they originally had thought was a display mannequin. The body had been placed in the, at the area recently as the snow was on the ground, but not on the body. Police said the fire tracks, or that tire tracks, I should say, 
Um, and footprints nearby indicated that she was likely transported to the site after death from another location. Their examination concluded she had died about two days ago previously and was not a victim of sexual assault. Her case of death was undetermined. Her hair, or her hair was auburn. By 1985, she was linked possibly to other redhead women found as homicide victims. She was between 35 and 45, and she had two scars, one typical of a C-section and another on one index figure. The woman's legs and and underarms were shaven, indicating addition to grooming, not characteristic of a transient or hitchhiker. Um, witnesses did describe seeing a middle-aged white male about 5 feet 10 inches near where the body was found. The victim may have been seen alive in Wheeling, West Virginia as an employee or customer at a bar. And West Virginia authorities are skeptical still whether this victim is related. And it, it doesn't seem like this person is related and most, this person's probably another lone victim related to just a traveler, despite her characteristics of not being a hitchhiker. But at the same time, any hitchhiker, if they really wanted to look great, they would shave. They, they would clean up, they would groom in some way, shape, or form. The next one is Elizabeth Lamotte, and on April 14, 1985, the body of a young white female was found in Greenville, Green County, Tennessee. She was determined to have been killed between three and six weeks previously by severe blunt force trauma, possibly stab wound. Her body was in an advanced state of decomposition. Police were also able to obtain her fingerprints as well as DNA and dental information. She had been approximately 68 weeks pregnant shortly before she had died, but she had a miscarriage before that. She was between 14 to 20 years, possibly as old as 25, and she had a slight overbite and some fillings in her teeth, showing that she had dental care in life. Her fingernails also had pink polish because she had light brown to blonde hair with red highlights and her case was thought to be possibly related to the redhead murders. Authorities hoped in late April 1985 that they would identify her body to fingerprints but they were unsuccessful and six other missing women were ruled out as possible identities. She was not identified though until November 28th or not 28th, November 2018, I mean, when officials announced that the victim of New Hampshire native Elizabeth Lamote was identified. It became clear that she died at the age of 17. She disappeared April 6, 1984. She was identified through a DNA match after a DNA profile was obtained from 
Lamotte's family by New Hampshire police in 2017. She had been staying at a group home in Manchester, New Hampshire, and never returned to her family after getting for long. And Lamotte's family was initially asked for a DNA profile to compare the adult woman victim of the Beerbrook murders and unidentified girlfriend of the suspect who went by the alias of Robert Evans was known by the same first name of Elizabeth. Robert Evans was later revealed to be a serial killer also and his real name is Terry Peter Rasmussen. Now we got over the victims. You know, you, you notice the similarities. I don't think a lot of these suspected victims are actually connected in any way because look at it they they don't match the similarities yeah they may have been taken really close to or from the Bible bus states yet to say they're actually Related, there's no other similarities besides location. Not even Elizabeth, I don't think, would actually be connected. The, none of these suspected victims that red hair, analysis of Auburn is reddish, but I think it's more brown. But None of these are connected in any such way. Now the investigation, let's get into it um, and let's figure out what we do find. As it's believed that most of the victims remain unidentified due to being estranged or not close to existing family members. They also may not have been native to the states in which they were found. In 1985, not long after the Green County victim was found, the states of Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi requested the FBI for this uh, for assistance with cases. There were inconsistencies among some of the victims and characteristics of the crime scenes, as some were found with or without clothing, and some had a sexual encounter before the murders. A possible suspect emerged in 1985 when a 37-year-old trucker, Jerry Leon Jones, attacked and attempted to strangle a woman with reddish hair. He left the victim lying near the highway, presuming she was dead. He was later dismissed in the redhead murders case, but was convicted of the kidnapping in 1987. Despite his exclusion from the case, it was announced that DNA from Johns did match to Tina Farmer, Rita Codis, in 2016. 2015, he did die in prison at the age of 67. A grand jury decided he would have been indicated for the slaying if he was still alive. He was a trucker who resided in Cleveland, Tennessee before his arrest. It has not been specified, sorry if I did mispronounce that, whether he is a considered a suspect 
and other victims. Another suspect was another trucker in Pennsylvania who was questioned after kidnapping and raping a young woman in the state of Indiana. She managed to escape before more injury. The suspect was dismissed from this investigation after being questioned. In 2018, students enrolled in a sociology class at Elizabethtown High School studied the case with the aid of their instructor. This is where the Bible Belt Strangler came into place. The class developed defamation from an FBI profiler and they described the subject as a white male born between 1936. At 1962, aged between 23 and 49, who is likely a commercial trucker frequenting I 40. They estimated his height and weight to be 5'9 to 6'2 and 180 to 270 pounds. His work was likely, likely based in or near the city of Knoxville, Tennessee. Before we continue with the update of the redhead murders, and maybe it's soft, maybe it's not. If you like this episode or like any of our episodes, go ahead and follow our podcast anywhere that you listen to your podcast at any time, any place. You can listen to us all around the world. And if you want to help us out, have other people. Go tune in to our podcast and follow our podcast. Without further ado, let's look at this update. This article is from 2019, December 19th, 2019. For the first time, um, Jerry Leon Johns, once again, we're going back to him, talk driver from Cleveland, Tennessee, who at one time was considered a suspect, um, has been identified through DNA analysts or analysts um, as the man responsible for Tina's death. So, this is pretty much just talking about Tina. It is not decided though that he is connected through all the other ones but the knot in the cloth that was found with Tina is very similar to the other ones that were found at the other crime scenes so far the redhead murders have not been solved but if you have any clues, tips, or anything, go to the proper authorities. Without further ado, see you next week. We talk about Saw Killer from Hanover.